Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Good to have each of you here as we gather tonight on this Monday, Thursday. During our midweek Lenten services, uh, we've been considering the I am statements of, of Jesus Christ that we find in the Gospel of John. And tonight we turn our attention to his statement, I am the bread of life. Earlier in our service tonight, we read the, the beginning of that account in, in John chapter 6, uh, feeding the 5,000. I think that should have been 1 through 14. That would have explained it. But anyway, you know that story well. And we sung about it as well. Uh, where Jesus fed this crowd of 5,000 people out in the wilderness by taking a young boy's basket of lunch, uh, five loaves and two fish, and, and multiplying it to feed over 5,000 people. And then when they gathered up the leftover fragments, there was more than when they started. Well, after the crowd's stomachs were full, Jesus slipped away by himself, and, and the disciples got into a boat to get away from the crowd. And, and they went to the other side of the lake. Well, that night, while they were out on the sea, um, the disciples saw another amazing thing. They saw Jesus come walking to them on the water. The next day, some of the multitude, noticing that Jesus hadn't gotten into the boat with the disciples, and, but that he wasn't around either, decided to get into boats as well and to go across the sea looking for him. And so we pick it up in John chapter 6, uh, in, in verse 22. And I invite you to stand in reverence again to God's word as we read. <clears throat> on the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. And so when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered, Truly I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your, your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Father, the Son of Man, will give to you, for on him God the Father has set his seal. And then he said to him, or then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. And so they said to them, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the man in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. <clears throat> For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet 
you do not believe. Let us pray. Lord God, as we meditate on these words tonight, and as we think about the statements you made about yourself, may we see you for who you are, Jesus. And, and we pray that uh, you would remind us then also of what you have come to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. So why did these people keep seeking Jesus and even chase him down to the other side of the lake? There may have been various reasons they kept following him, but Jesus recognizes, as he responds to them, what was most recently on their minds was this miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. The Gospel of John tells us that Jesus performed various signs to get people to believe that he was the promised Messiah, the Son of God. But even this last amazing miracle, um, they, they still were not realizing just who this was among them. Verse 26, Jesus answered and said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. You see, the people saw the gift and not the giver. They weren't following Jesus because they had recognized him now to be the Son of God, but because they ate the loaves and had full stomachs yesterday and they were hoping for the same today. So out of a desire for a full stomach, they overlooked the significance of this miracle worker who gave them the bread and they instead just went after more bread. And it occurs to me that, that we all may do something a bit like this at times. The Lord provides for us in some way, and we are glad to receive the provision, but we forget to appreciate and thank the, the provider. Instead, we just want more of what he gave us. Well, Jesus took the opportunity to speak very straight to these, this crowd that day, and he pointed out to them some things that we all need to understand as well. And first of all, this sin, that all earthly bread provides satisfaction for a short season and then leaves us hungry again. <clears throat> Jesus talks here about food that perishes. And much of our food is like that. It, it perishes after a short time. Even the manna that God sent down from heaven to the Old Testament children of Israel out there in the wilderness was very perishable. It would spoil in a day. And some of our food is laced with all kinds of preservatives. Maybe it lasts a bit longer, but still most bread loses its freshness in a matter of days. Well, not only does earthly food perish in a short amount of time, but also earthly food satisfies our stomach only for a short season. And then it leaves us hungry again. Anybody here that that's not true for? Well, in the Old Testament, the, the manna in the wilderness filled the people the day that it came down from heaven to them, and then the next day they were hungry again, and God provided again. The bread that Jesus multiplied uh, and filled the people with that day. Um, but the next day they were hungry again, and they came back for more. And that's the way it will always be with earthly bread. But it's not so with heavenly bread. So just what is heavenly bread? Well, if you go to the grocery store, it's amazing. There's this whole row of bread options, isn't there? No end to the possibilities. Uh, there's Wonder Bread, Whole Wheat Bread, 12 Grain Bread, Sprouted Grain Bread, Dave's Killer Bread, Ezekiel 4-9 Bread, Gluten-Free Bread, Oat Nut Bread, Sourdough Bread, Buttermilk Bread, Potato Bread, Italian Bread, Jewish Rye Bread, and I've just begun. There's many more options. Various ones might claim this is the most healthy option. They're, they're well, I, I don't know, maybe even someone was labeled something like 
heavenly bread. But none of those breads promises that you won't be hungry again tomorrow. Actually, they're counting on that you will be. They all only provide temporary satisfaction for our stomachs. Well, heavenly bread provides eternal satisfaction. Eat heavenly bread and you need never be lacking again. Jesus told the crowd that day, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And they thought, you know, if we could just attach ourselves to this guy, we, we could have an endless supply of bread and no worry about getting food ever again. <clears throat> it sounds a little bit like some people want to consider the government today an, an endless bread supplier. They overlook that there's something that we need even more than physical food and monetary stuff. Well, Jesus could have stayed around and, and performed bread-multiplying miracles for years, couldn't he have? But he came intending to give much more than that. He had in mind to give a much deeper satisfaction than just a full stomach. Some of the people were a bit offended by Jesus' statements that came next. They, they tried to put him in his place by comparing him to their Old Testament hero, Moses. <clears throat> they compared him to Moses, saying essentially, you know, Jesus just multiplied earthly bread. Moses gave us heavenly bread. Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. You see, they were so impressed with Moses, um, he had to have been a prophet. He actually made manna fall from heaven, they thought. Whereas in their minds, Jesus did a lesser miracle than just by multiplying a few existing earthly loaves and fish. Jesus responded by letting them know who it was that really gave their ancestors the manna in the wilderness. And he says, um, truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. Moses had no power at all. He just called on God the Father for help. But Jesus was the all-powerful Son of God. What Moses did was, was really only a side issue here. The issue that Jesus was pressing uh, went beyond this here uh, to point to who he was. Moses was a mere man who believed in God. Jesus was no mere man. He was the Son of God. And whereas Moses could only call on God for help and daily bread that would perish a day later, Jesus could give much more than bread to fill our stomachs for a day at a time. He could give heavenly bread that would satisfy for all eternity. And so, just what exactly then is this heavenly bread and, and where do we get it? Well, he answers in verse 33, or 34 and 35 here. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And he said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus claimed not only to be able to give earthly bread, but to actually be the bread of life. To be all that we need for life. Like physical bread is thought of as a staple for our diets, it's the sustenance of what we need for physical life, Jesus is saying he is what we really need for spiritual life. You see, what you and I need spiritually is a way of relief from the burden of our sin. And Jesus alone can supply that. Go to John chapter 14, and there he says this. <clears throat> peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. 
Jesus can bring peace to us in a couple of ways. He brings uh, peace in our relationship with God. His death on the cross restores the broken relationship we have with God because of our rebellion against him. And, And this brings peace into our hearts because then we no longer need to live in fear because we know we're forgiven. And only he can bring that forgiveness of sin. That's what is essential for our spiritual life. And so Jesus says he is the bread of life. Jesus claims then to be heavenly bread. What will provide lasting satisfaction for our deepest hunger? Whereas earthly bread perishes in a short time, I love what it tells us in John, six, or John 3, 16, whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. If we believe in Jesus as our Savior, we need never be lacking spiritually again. In him we are promised forgiveness and eternal life. <clears throat> I remember a time where I was serving as pastor in Minot, North Dakota, and I was working on a sermon on this very text. And there was a man who stopped by the church to see the pastor that day. He didn't know me, I didn't know him. But I invited him in, and um, he told me he needed some money to fix his bicycle. Well, I was just in the middle of reading through John chapter 6, and so I told him about what I was reading in there. Um, And I told him, you know, I could help him with his bike, and and we did. But I said, there's something I could give you that's a lot better than that. Well, he responded, I just want to get my bike fixed and ride down the streets of Minot. And I said, well... That's good, but you know, I, I'd like to give you something that'll help you ride down the golden streets of heaven someday. And uh, after that, we talked a bit about how you get to heaven. And he started telling me about how he reads his Bible every day, he said. I don't know if that was true or not, but he said that. And he told me about all kinds of other good things he's done in his life. And he also made a point of telling me about some Catholic priests that swore at him once. And it became clear to me that this guy was basing his hopes on getting to heaven, on doing some good works, and on the fact that he wasn't any worse than some Catholic priest. And though I tried, I couldn't convince him he needed something more. He needed to face his own sinfulness and his need for a savior from sin. Well, the sad thing is, I never did get another chance to talk with that man again. And sometime in the next couple years, though, there was a write-up in the Minot Daily News about a man who had died while he was riding his bicycle. He was hit by a car. And I knew from the description it was the same guy. Jesus told the people that day that he was the bread of life that he really needed. And they got sidelined, too, with works that they had done or, or could do to earn eternal life in heaven. And Jesus responded here in verse 29 by saying, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. The work of God is to work in our hearts to bring us to believe in and trust in Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And he works in our hearts to bring us to that point that when we give up on trying anything else to get to heaven, all of our own efforts, and we instead simply believe God's word and receive Christ into our hearts and lives. So how about you today? Are you working for bread that perishes? We all have to do that, don't we? But are you pouring your life into just providing for the physical necessities of life? Is your relationship with Jesus maybe just an occasional prayer for help for some physical needs of life? Or have you come to the point where you know you need something even more than that? 
You need the thing that only Jesus can supply. You need forgiveness of sin each and every day. And as you look to Jesus, he is that heavenly bread. Tonight, in just a bit here, we have the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper. And as we do, we are saying to Jesus personally, I personally need you, Jesus, the bread of life. I need what only you can give. Fill me up with full forgiveness of all of my sins. You know, it was on the night um, that Jesus, the sinless Son of God, gathered in that upper room with the 12 disciples to eat that Passover meal just hours before he would be arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and then falsely tried before a Jewish council and mocked and abused and condemned to death on a Roman cross that he instituted this, the Lord's Supper. And the Passover meal that they celebrated together was an annual celebration reflecting back on God's miraculous deliverance of the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt and deliverance from death uh, due to the blood of the lamb that was covering the doorposts of their homes. Well, on that night, as Jesus ate that Passover meal with his disciples, he added to that traditional meal, and he told the disciples to do something else regularly in remembrance of him. And they would not understand this till later, that he was God's lamb, and that his blood would be shed on the cross to deliver them from their sins. But on that night, he, he broke bread, and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body. And he took a cup of wine, and he gave it to them, saying, this is the blood of my covenant, poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. You know, there is a bit of a, of a mystery in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. We do not fully understand how it is that the bread and the wine that we partake of is also the body and blood of Christ. But then, nor do we know how to explain how it was that Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And yet we believe that happened. So tonight as we receive the Lord's Supper, we recognize that there are the visible elements of bread and wine. And we also accept that invisibly present is the body and blood of Christ given and shed for us for forgiveness of our sins. Visible means that he is given in order to help us understand his invisible grace and forgiveness. You don't need to be a member here at Miranatha to partake of communion tonight. But it's important that each one of us examine our hearts and that we are honest with God and we confess our sins and we recognize that it was because of our sins that Jesus went to the cross. And Jesus desires that all repentant sinners would have assurance then that in him there is full forgiveness of all of our sins. Let us pray. Lord God, we just give you thanks tonight for your word and for these various statements Jesus made about himself that reveal him truly to be the Son of God and how he said, I am the bread of life, an essential thing that we all need for spiritual life. And thank you, Lord, that Jesus was willing to go to the cross that he would bear on himself the punishment for our sin and that we could have forgiveness and eternal life. And Lord, as we gather here tonight and take communion together, we pray that, Lord, you would be at work in each of our hearts. And if there are things that we know are not right, that we'd be honest with you in confession of that. And then, Lord, that 
as a result of that and trusting in you, we, we would have peace in our hearts and assurance that in you, Jesus, our sins are forgiven. We thank you that you're willing to go to the cross. And we thank you for this sacrament of the Lord's Supper in which you remind us of that assurance that you want each of us to have because your blood was shed in our place. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.